tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! Hi everybody, <laughs> welcome to The Ultimate Fighter, Season 21, Episode 5 here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm Suri Serrano, and we have a great show planned for you. Pretty soon, uh, shortly, we have Mr. Haider Hassan, Haider Hassan, joining him himself. It. Very excited to speak with him, but first, let me introduce you to my co-host. I'm to my left. Jared. <laughs> I'm interrupting you too. I'm just excited today. I'm excited because we're five episodes in. You know, it's it's getting tight. And I'm Jared Gilkerson. You can find me at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. You are amped up. I know. And across the table, <laughs> Mr. J Tan. That's me. Yes. Not her. Not That's me. <laughs> hey guys, how are you? How dare you? And Where can they follow you, buddy? Yeah. J Tan seven one six. The big three. Instagram. Was it Twitter and Facebook? Nice. And Alexis Torres. My Hi space. guys, you can find you can find me all over the interwebs at a Torres eight nine zero. All right, well let's dig in. You know this episode starts off with uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, who's fighting this weekend at one eighty seven, right? Joining, uh, coming to visit the house, his teammate Carrington, who just won. I mean, nothing, not much to talk about there, but just you know, I nice don't know. little. I wonder if they planned that thing kind of right. to you know the week of. The event and I thought that too, but it's so hard to plan that, right? With the scheduling and I mean Yeah, I suppose yeah, most likely. I mean you know the you know the weeks that they're going to broadcast and I suppose you could uh, stick that in at any point because you've got to map out match by by week. Sure. So it would work out. Maybe it was just a coincidence, but uh, Maybe. Who do you got? Sure. Oh, who's 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 going to win? You, who are you picking for Ooh, the match? I know I was going to ask you guys at the end. We were going to get there and I was going to do we were going to do some predictions. So let, let's enough. hold off on that. Nice we will, little tease. We will we will get Beauty. to our predictions on <laughs> UFC 187. Um and and so then uh, let's see. Moving on here. They cho- they uh, chose the fighters. ATT went with Haider Hassan. Mhm. What do you think of their their Choice, the aggressive fighter. It's like yeah. they finally went with someone who seemed like, and I, that made me think they were saving someone who has a good track record against mm-hmm. the BZs. You know, he's two zero mm-hmm. against guys on that team, mm-hmm. so it made me think. You know, and he might have been a little injured at the beginning of the show, but I really think they saved him for a big point match, and uh, it's you know it's, it paid off as we find out later. <clears throat> But uh, I think it was a great choice, and he's an aggressive fighter, which is great mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah, four-match skid. I think they needed to pull out the big guns to flip something around, and yeah. it was like, why not? Okay. I mean, um, Nakahara even said when he was doing like the training on the beach and stuff, he's like, oh, I'm a simple fighter. And I was like, oh, no. Because, I mean, not not to say that he's a bad fighter. It's just I know m- most people who are very, like, one-two kick. One-two right. kick. It's not usually a good thing to be yeah. in this competition like that. You can't be that in a sport like MMA where nope. it's so diverse and there's it's not just punches and or kicks. Yeah, right. You know, you've got it's, – it's the most uh, – what's the word? It's the most diverse and deepest – Combat sport out there, yeah. So that's legally, what, anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, that I mean, we know of. Yeah, and well, that's why I felt like with with him having a karate background, I was like, I don't think he's going to do well in this, at least in this competition. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's introduce our guest, uh, Skyping in from Florida, Haider Hassan. Are you with us? Can you hear me? Maybe not yet. Check, check. I guess not. Well, we'll, we'll get back <laughs> Hider. to you. Hider. Well, they're going to surprise anyway. I'm sure they're working Hider. that out. We'll get them. We'll get them. Yes, we will. And then, so the Black Zillions uh, went with Andrews Nakahara, as we, obviously we were talking about that, uh, world karate champion. I actually was excited for the fight. I was with Dana on this one. I don't know if that was hype and BS on his part, but, um, you know, it looked more exciting to me at least the way it was all pieced together hmm. based on the five weeks that we've been watching the show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, uh, I was a little worried for Naka, honestly. This is not just like, oh, <laughs> Monday morning quarterback. Weird. But every time he was interviewed, he looked, I know we later on found out why he was emotional. And it, it just, it, it just, I just didn't have confidence in him. And Hyder was, for lack of a better term, riding high. And I just, <laughs> like, he's the only guy on that ATT team that seems really confident. Uh-huh. And and Naka was just a little reserved, and we've seen that work before. But like Alexis said, eh, he just seemed a little too robotic. Yeah, like just his method. And I thought maybe, maybe he had some other, maybe he had some jujitsu or wrestling. But maybe he was going to bust out something different. But he, you know, that's what I wanted. I want. I was like, oh man, I hope that he like totally flips everything, and that he's going to be this awesome fighter, and he just knows where to hit and everything. And it was very disappointing. But it was it was literally like putting a point fighter and a brawler into a cage and letting them go at it, and it didn't work out. Did very you both well. think that Hyder was just going to take it and it was going to end quickly? Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. I think Hyder's going to be uh, a star of the, mm-hmm. of the whole season. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, with his with, with the, I was going to say arrogance, but no, the uh, the swagger. Well, you know, arrogant. Got everybody no, has thing. gotta yeah. be yeah. cockiness, arrogance, swagger. Um, he does stand out. You know, he's willing to to work his mouth, and obviously the promotion loves that. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he that he did win. Um, I think that uh, Nakahara, I, I, you know, again, these guys were on a, a four-fight. The Brazilians were on a black Brazilians four-fight win streak. Mm. I don't want to say that they threw Nakahara in thinking that they can, okay, just, you know, lob one up, for lack of a better phrase. Right. Um, it did look like a good striking match on paper. You mm-hmm. got the karate guy versus the, the guy that just with big, heavy hands. Um, it just didn't work out that way, you know. I would have, honestly, I would have put, uh, maybe put Hyder in, well, I'm second guessing myself. I, at the beginning of the season, I actually paired guys up you did. to see, yeah, if hypothetically, because you got to remember this is all just a, a, a crapshoot. It's sure. blackjack. Who do you yeah. come up with that week? Yeah. But if you were to do, if you were to pair them up, you know, I put on my matchmaker's hat, um, and at first, it's I, a nice hat. It yeah, is. When, yeah, when I got it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have put him up against uh, BB Monster. I look at my notes and, and that. Ooh. Although, I mean, I kind of second guess that as well, knowing you know BB Monster what he is on the ground. But um, at least record wise, it made sense. Again, you know, a heavy handed guy could see it. Yeah, It'd be a good that fight. would have been that would have been uh, I think an explosive one. Yeah, I think we're getting to a turning point here too in the show where you know we're five weeks in, and now you might start to see guys get two fights. Mm-hmm. We're almost there, and that'll really ramp the show up a notch. Because these, I mean, Hyder wasn't was hardly touched, you know. Right. So he could go again Almost very soon, and again. he's you know the only guy who's won for this team. So it's really exciting. I really am looking forward to the coaches maybe saying, okay, like we've got like five real guys here. Mm-hmm. Let's go with them because we need to win this thing because it's going to get down to that very soon. Especially as the points escalate. Hey guys, is Hyder on the line? 
Can you hear me? Hi. Hi. Yes. We can hear you. Welcome. What's up, man? <laughs> we got it right. How are you doing? Can you see my face or no? I don't know if it's... I no, think I, the, we will, we'll probably see it in a minute. We can't see you yet, but the producers are working on, on being able to see you. But we can oh. hear you. Oh, we, oh, there you there. are. Hey there. We can see you now. Nice, nice to see oh. you. Thanks for joining us. I can't see you guys. I know. But you can, can hear us. You can see my face, which is cool. I like looking at myself in the mirror. That's all I did. I love that. <laughs> well, so thanks. you don't know how many fingers I'm holding up, huh? <laughs> it's just one. No, I'm just kidding. Except, my, except, except that's this. Not, uh, that's not true, you know, my friend. Face. It was a thumbs up. How dare you? Hyder, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your you know, very busy fight, you know, training schedule to join us. We certainly appreciate it. We're uh, just- it's a pleasure. Thank you uh, for having me on. Uh, I was looking forward to uh, speaking with you guys today. Love it. Well, let's just jump in because we've been kind of recapping this week's episode and the fight, and let's let's talk the fight, guys. What do you, where do you want to go? Go ahead, Jared. What, let's start in round one. <laughs> no, there we go. I guess I, I wanted to jump into the process of when you were selected. Um, it seems to me that uh, okay, you're a really comfortable with other strikers. Um, do you? Okay, one question is, do you feel more comfortable with a, another striker in the ring as opposed to a grappler? And two, do you think the coaches were saving you for a bigger point match, uh, you know, so you guys could catch up to the Black Zillions, you know, more quickly? Um, as far as, like, matchups against a fighter, uh, I feel I feel great against anybody. Uh, but, you know, just just coming from American Top Team, where, where every day you're training against every well-versed and skilled fighter. So whether they're a wrestler or a jiu-jitsu fighter or a striker, uh, I'm ready for whatever, wherever, whenever. And uh, that's just my mindset. And my skills my skills back up, you know, pretty much the tab that my mouth runs. And uh, I'm, I'm always excited. I, I, I'm someone that, like, prides himself on confidence. Um, going into the Ultimate Fighter show, I, I had just fought Halloween, Halloween night, against one of the black zillions of Felipe Portella. And uh, I knocked him out in the first round. I fractured my hand in that fight. So um, the first fight on the show, my, the, my coaches actually wanted me to fight first uh, because they wanted me to go out there and make a statement and bring it back to ATT. Uh, but, you know, I've had, I've had hand injuries. This is actually the sixth time I broke my hand. I've had five surgeries on my hand. So, um you know, I had to take, I had to be extra careful because I didn't want to be one and done. You know, fight one time and then just be done. Can't, can't, can't be fighting, fighting, fighting more on the show. So uh, the doctors wanted me to wait two extra weeks. Um, you know, the show was two. The, the first four fights, there's two fights every week, and then the last week in the house, there's four fights in one week. So um, I was looking at this wow. as a marathon rather than a sprint. Um, so I, I was just excited to get in there. Finally, when I got my call, my, my, finally, when I got my name called, uh, it was just, it was a blessing because for, for those two weeks while we were losing, it was hard for me to sleep. I was really agitated. Uh, cause I'm not coming from ATT. We're not, we're not used to losing. We don't lose. Um, so this, it was kind of like a whole new, um, kind of new environment for, for us, but we were all really excited because even though we were losing, we were, we all looked at it like, uh, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And we looked at this, uh, this deficit that we were coming from as far as, um, you know, a way to show our character and what we're made of. That's well said. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Great. 
Uh, you know, just a quick side to go away from your fight for a second. This episode clearly showed a lot on Michael Graves. They were kind of driving it home, you know, the alcohol and potentially, um, you know, maybe leaving the house or I, I don't know. You know, Dana talked about it. Your teammate said some things. Was he bringing the morale of the team down? Did you did you feel that way? Um, honestly, no, I didn't feel that way. I feel like the, the camera's trying to edit certain things, uh, for what them, for, for what they wanted to look like. Uh, he did, he, he, he had been drinking. Uh, we did, we did address it with them. We told them, Hey man, you know, uh, we have to be all business here. And once, once we, once we talked to them, he, 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 he understood, he understood, you know, the mindset and, uh, you know, we were upset with him cause he didn't come to Wayne's. But, but luckily he was, uh, one of the drivers at the house or one of the workers for the production crew was able to drop him off at the like Zillion's gym before the weigh-in started. And, uh, that pretty much like remedied, uh, remedied that problem that we were having because if he didn't come, then it would have been a really big issue. But, um, I'll tell you after that moment, there wasn't any, any more situations where we had to worry about him drinking or not being focused, uh, because he's a great athlete. You know, he's a, he's a young guy. Um, so he'd never been in that type of atmosphere before. Um, he was only, he was four and um, as a fighter. Um, so all these, the new, all these pressures were, were something new to him. And, uh, I think maybe that's why he chose to have a drinker here and there. Um, and also, man, he's young, you know, I mean, when I was, when I was, when I was young in college, I could have a drink, you know, or go, go to go party with my boys. And the next day I'd be in the gym. But I mean, I can't do that now. I, I, I don't even drink anymore, but um, you know, this is all business. You know, we're, we're after a big purse. We're trying to represent American Top Team, our family, and uh, so you don't want to come across like that. Speaking of atmosphere, I've asked all the fighters that we've had on every week. You know, what it was like for you to be in the house. Would you do it again? And then also the fight atmosphere. Some of these fighters have said that they they were a little bit intimidated by all the lights and cameras and and how you know rowdy that environment was. You clearly weren't shaken this week from in in terms of of the fight and being in that environment. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, as far as uh, being in the house and whether I would do it again, I would absolutely do it again. Um, I looked at this uh, opportunity. This is actually the third time I've tried out for the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, two other times I I didn't get selected. One time I made it to the final round. And they decided to go with the lower weight class. And then the second time I went, I didn't get chosen. Uh, so for me, for this to be my third opportunity to go out for the Ultimate Fighter and represent American Top Team, fight in my gym, and uh, those whole aspects, I was really excited. That's why I took this so serious, uh, just because I knew um, the opportunities that would be presented to myself, and I wanted to take full advantage of that. Um, but as far as the pressures of you know fighting on the show, fighting in front of the cameras, I'm someone who truly excels under pressure. Um, that's why I like, that's why I enjoy talking and being vocal and say what I'm going to do to you and, uh, really just speak from confidence because I'm putting more pressure on myself when I tell, when I'm saying, you know, I'm going to knock you out. Um, you know, I'm next. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm putting more pressure on myself because I, it's how I relate to pressure. I, I enjoy pressure. Uh, you know, I like to say I make love to pressure. Um, and, <laughs> that's and, awesome. and that's, and, and you see that when I fight, I mean, I'm super calm, cool and collected when I fight. Um, and this was high stakes. I mean, the, the black zillions are cheering, you know, loud, you know, they're saying, they're saying stuff in Portuguese, which at a time I didn't even know what they were saying. You know, I had to ask some of my 
uh, Brazilian teammates. And once I knew that they were ch- chanting, you're going to die, uh, you know, ATT go home and all this type of stuff, uh, to me it was just added more fuel to the fire. So if they were, they were helping me get motivated. So, um, you know, I, the more pressure, the better. In, in, in this sport, uh, the pressure is always going to be there, especially as you advance in your career. So you have to have a good relationship with it and uh, and view it in a positive mindset. And for me, uh, I enjoy it. You know, I've always I've always looked forward to someone talking smack to me because uh, I enjoy the whole process. I enjoy him. I enjoy someone who's very confident in their abilities because I'm very confident in my abilities. So I like to. Uh, Hey, let's, let's let's make a little spicy. Why not? You clearly feed off the pressure, which I is feed great. Off the pressure, pressure can make a diamond, or pressure can uh, can break you. And I'm a diamond. That's a good philosophy there. I yeah. love it. And obviously, that's something that kind of personality, um, putting it all out there, is something that the promotion obviously uh, and, and Dana spark to and, and like. I, I don't know how much that. Uh, it, obviously, that's a big part of your personality, as as well as possibly something you realize that uh, that can get you far in the UFC. Um, you, regarding your your history uh, training, you've said that you've started at AT and T. There it is again. I knew it. Take a shot, Hyder. Just <laughs> yeah, ignore right. him. He, he likes to say AT and T. I don't like to say it, <laughs> but I end up. It's a Freudian thing, and I don't know why exactly. But it's American fault, Top Team, that that being your longtime home, a place where you really got your start. Um, that's not, you know, a lot of times we'll see fighters move to different gyms, evolve, and, and need a different uh, um, a di- different atmosphere uh, for the next step in, in their, their lives and their uh, fight career. What is it about American Top Team, got that one right, nailed it, uh, that, uh, that kind of, um, that keeps you there? What is it that, you know, you continue to evolve as a fighter? Obviously, you've got a nice uh, run going right now. Um, how, how does it continue to evolve you? So as far as my career right now, um, just being – I would have never progressed as far as I have if it wasn't for American Top Team. You know, I'm, I'm born and raised in South Florida. I went to uh, grade school here, high school here. I went to college in Tallahassee. I went to Florida State. Um, so just being here here in South Florida, having American Top Team in, in, in my backyard, uh, home of some of the baddest dudes in the world, was an amazing part of my success, a huge part of my success. Um, what makes American Top Team so great is just it's the level it's the level of guys that you compete against every day, and it's the world class coaching that you get every day. Uh, something that American Top Team does very very well is attention to detail, and uh, I mean, that's, I mean, we have the best jiu jitsu coaches in the world, the best striking coaches in the world, uh, wrestling. I mean, you name it. You know, we 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 are, we're able to address it, and we address it well. Um, do you work a lot with Robbie Lawler, him being the, the king of the, the pile right now at 170? That's got to be good inspiration, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I look at Robbie as a, as a mentor f- a figure of, of mine. You know, he was he actually helped me out a lot during the show. Um, I would pick his brain a lot because, uh, you know, I'm a very aggressive fighter. I'm looking to take you. I'm looking to, looking to knock you out as soon as the fight starts, you know. And I have, I have cardio for days, so people think that I'm going to get tired, but I don't. You know, I, that's my one thing. In order for me to be successful – I have to have supreme conditioning because I'm I'm looking to knock, knock you out from zero to zero, um, and, and a mindset like that is uh, someone like Robbie's, and Robbie's a killer. He's trying to he's trying to knock you out. He's trying to he's trying to hurt you. So I like I like exchanging ideas with someone with similar mindset as, as mine, and uh, 
you know, Robbie's fought the who's who uh, of this game. Um, so, you know, he's got he's got great insight, great uh, mental knowledge. And, uh, you know, for me to be able to, you know, ask him questions, what he likes to do in certain situations, uh, man, it's, it's, it's nothing but a bonus. I mean, I have, I have Robbie Lawler, uh, Hector Lombard, Tiago Alves. Um, I mean, as far as the welterweights at our gym, we have, we have the strongest welterweight division, uh, out of any team. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the knowledge, it's just like going into a library and you have all these books that you're just like, man, I don't even know which book I want to open up first because they're all so great. And that's just pretty much the, the mindset at American Top Team. There's just, you know, every day you're practicing, you're practicing against a, a, a stud. Um, and iron, iron sharpens iron. So, uh, that's why you see the product that you are. That's why I am the product I am. Mm-hmm. Hyder, you said that you've been given a lot of great opportunities from ATT, uh, from the UFC. But your parents, I mean, they moved over here in the 70s from Iraq uh, before you were born. And they gave you a tremendous opportunity here. Um, and I was looking at when you were growing up, you know, in, the, in Florida, you were a wrestler in high school. Uh, and then you, you know, you didn't get into the sport until later with your brother, who is also fighting right now. Uh, what were you? I, I'd love to know what you were doing because I know you. Uh, I read that somewhere that you had like an office job and you were just frustrated and you needed to become a fighter. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my, you know, my parents came here uh, in this. I think in seventy seven. Uh, you know, the seventies, and uh, you know, they they came from Iraq, uh, Baghdad, and. Uh, you know, to come from there, you know, my father's a physician, my mom's a clinical psychologist. Um, so, you know, they came from nothing, they're self-made, and uh, for me, that's that's my motivation, you know, just to see, you know, the desire, the dream that they had. Um, you know, if you can will it, you can achieve it, and that's always been my mindset from a, from, from a, from a young age, you know. Um, you know, I, I, was, I, was always, I was a straight-A student all through school, and I always play, I always play, I always... For my family, education is truly it was it was greatly uh, emphasized, and so was athletics. So my parents put us into athletics to keep us out of trouble. Um, but when I finished, when I went to college, I stopped. I just I just went full full uh, full into the books, and I stopped competing. And I've been a, I've been a competitor my ever since I was a kid. I played. I used to play for my my school. Then I would play for the city. And then I would leave the city's practice and I'd go play for my club team. So I was, I mean, I've been in sports my entire life. So once I went away to college, I kind of just stopped. And uh, and I it ended up like leaving a missing gap, you know, that I felt. Uh, but after I finished school, I was working um, I was working for a healthcare company. I was in pharmaceutical sales. And uh, I was just miserable, you know. I, I wasn't, you know, I was doing what I had to do because it was... Go to college. What else do you go to college for? And uh, but you know, I was just doing. I, I feel like I was just kind of following the trail, and it was a trail that I didn't really want to be in. But you know, I was doing what I was at, what I had to do, and um, but it was it was breaking me down spiritually and and mentally. And I just called my mom one day, and I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not a quitter. I have never been a quitter in anything in my entire life. Um, but I called my mom, and you know, I was I was I was just broken down, and I kind of broke on the phone. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was actually I cried on the phone to my mom. I haven't cried since I was a baby, and I was just. But that's how much I was broken down. And uh, and I had to ask approval from my mom. Like, hey, is this okay if I leave this leave this job? And uh, and when she, well, you know, she when she heard out how upset I was, 
and uh, so she, she gave me the she gave me the approval to leave, and that was all, that's all I needed. I just needed to hear that it's okay to not do this. And uh, once that happened, my brother, you know, my brother was a Patriot League All American at Georgetown. He played linebacker, and his whole dream was uh, if I don't go play in the NFL, I'm going to go uh, fight. And um, he just missed missed the national combine by like a tenth of a point. And um, so he was like, all right, so since he missed the combine, we had time. So he was like, let's go to American Top Team. And this was just after uh, Pitbull Tiago knocked out Matt Hughes um, with, with that flying knee. So I, I literally saw Pitbull on TV fight that Saturday and that Monday. I came to ATT and I ended up seeing him working out. And I was – and it just it was it was awesome, and uh, ended up joining the classes. And after my first practice, uh, it just ignited all my passions, all my juices that had it that had been suppressed for for such a long time. And uh, you know, I ended up having my first pro fight six months later, and I knocked the guy out in nine seconds. And uh, after that, I was I was I was I was this is my calling, and I went out at full speed. You mentioned spirituality, and I know on the show this week they showed you um, praying in the house and, you know, that you're Muslim. And I just wanted to briefly touch on that. You know, how much how much mind strength do you feel that that really gives you in this sport? Uh, for me, it, it gives me everything, especially being in an environment that we were in, um, you know, living in a house with, with uh, you know, guys that you're going to fight. Uh, the stresses, you know, the emotions, us losing the way we were losing, um, you know, be, having to be mentally strong. And anytime I ever felt, uh, you know, the stresses of the show or or anger, um, you know, I pray five times a day. So that was kind of my self-meditation, self-reflection. And, uh, you know, the prayers don't last that long. They're only like three to five minutes. But those three to five minutes was able to every time – to kind of recenter me and uh, refocus my mind, and uh, anytime I was upset or just had any you know things on my mind, it just immediately focused all my attention and and I felt new again. So for me, um, you know, I fear no man. You know, I try to I try to be a good person, and uh, you know, and that's I fear no man but God. So that's pretty much my mindset. So when I go there and fight, you see what. You see that you see what why I why I am the way I am because I have no fear in whoever I fight. I know I know what I'm capable. I know I know what um, I know what my skills and my power can do. Um, so that's why I that's why it's just kind of like unleashing unleashing the beast. And uh, when I go there and fight, because you know I feel my soul is clean, uh, my heart is clean, and uh, I just got to go out there and get the job done. I love that. Nice. I think Alexis had a question for you. I do. Um, speaking of like your personality and how I feel like it really shines, you know, throughout all the other fighters on um, the American Top Team, I saw that you had your uh, your finger up to your mouth at the very end of the the fight. I didn't know if that was like some sort of like you were shushing the crowd or your team, or that was just some like I wanted to know what that was. Oh, I was I was silencing uh, the Black Zillions. I uh, nice. I just put my mouth and tell them to tell them to shush. Uh, <laughs> That's what we thought. Because, yeah, because man, the very first the very first fight we had, they started chanting Um Vamu Hair, which which set me off. That's why I called out Kamaru um, right after the fight because you know nothing that I had. I didn't have anything personal against Kamaru. He was just guilty by association, you know, and uh, 
and I, he was the captain of their team, so I'm trying to fight the baddest dudes they got. And uh, so since he was the first person in the cage and just fought, and I'm hearing what the Blacks leads are saying, you're going to die, you're going to die, it's that extremely personal. And uh, so that's why I just started calling everyone out. And um, and that's how they did every single fight. I mean, they would chant, you know, ATT, go home, ATT, you're nothing, you're going to die. So literally after I knocked him out, they were just silenced. I mean, then everything just dropped. I mean, they all, all they saw was their mouths were wide open like, what the, you know, I just backed up everything I just said. So for me, it was vindication. And anytime you can, you can make someone be quiet in their own gym, that's what's up. Well, that's what I loved about that. And I also love the fact that um, you're just, like I said, you're just a very spiritual and also just a spirited fighter. But also after going through this whole experience, being in the house and dealing with all of everything that you just said, what advice would you give someone who's going into the next season that they can take if they decide to do another gym versus gym or just the competition in general? Yeah, as far as uh, as far as any advice that I can give, I would just tell everyone to seize the, seize the moment, get after your opportunity. I mean, if you, if you look at the, the the ultimate fighter shows in Brazil, uh, man, there's 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 over a thousand kids, you know, trying out for the show. The lines around the building going down for a mile, you know, mile and I mean, these are guys that that are looking into this opportunity that can change a life, that can change their lives and improve their families' lives. Um, and that's what I would tell them. I was I tell them like, this is an opportunity that you have to take full advantage of uh for me every time i've ever fought outside of outside of the tough show i was always like man i wish dan white was here and he was able to see me fight because if he did see me fight he'd know what i'm capable of um so now that's your moment you know this is all with the hard work the injuries the blood the stitches this is what this is what you're here for so i tell them to uh you know don't drink just focus hard train hard go in there in the best shape of your life and uh, just forget everything on the outside. This is your dream, and uh, go make it happen. Awesome. He definitely sees the moment, I was going to say. Uh, we could jump into it. Go. Barbic <laughs> <laughs> Um I, you, I mean, the fight was so, was so quick with Naka. I'd love to know, uh, with your limited days of prep, uh, what you had to focus on and what his weak points were. And just take us through the fight. You could probably take us through blow by blow at this point. Uh, you could probably recreate it. Yeah, recreate it. I love this. Just what was going through your mind, you know, at the beginning and then until the end, what exactly you had to do and what you saw. Um, so as far as fighting Nakahara, I was super pumped. You know, I like fighting real fighters. Nakahara, he had war, well, he's a world champion karate striker. Um, so I knew he was going to be very quick, very fast, very dynamic. And, uh, I was ex- very excited. Because uh, I don't like fighting grapplers, you know. I have a wrestling background, but I use my wrestling to keep the fight standing. Um, I'm a I'm a guy that's trying to trying to knock your head off, and um, so I knew I knew Naka was going to try and you know kick and keep keep me on the outside. So I just had to be in his face, and that was my goal. Uh, get in there, and I'm a volume puncher. So as soon as I'm as soon as I'm in I'm on the inside, I'm opening up punches and bunches. And, uh, you know, I can knock you out with either hand, my left or my right. So it's just a matter. It's not if, it's when you get knocked out. And, uh, you know, I have conditioning. I'm not going to get tired. So it could be in the first round, the second round, or the third round. But bottom line is you are going to get knocked out. You are going to be on your back staring at the lights wondering what just happened to me. That I can promise you. And, and, uh, and that was just 
like I said, I wasn't going to break. And it was just get inside, use my use my double jab because he's taller than me, he has longer reach. So I wanted to use the double jab to the double one jab is one jab is, is measurement. Two jab helps you get on the inside. Um, so that's what I did. The first jab got me close. The second jab popped his head up, and then I came in with the right, left, right, and uh, that was all she wrote. You know, another part to the uh, to the match itself, actually, that no one's really talking about. Maybe be partially because it's it was a short match. This was the first time I think that we really saw the fighters implement the game plan that they were talking about prior to the match itself. You know, the the first few we. Uh, we would hear about a certain game plan and then it just went out the window, you know. Um, this time though, you know, Nakahara was talking about moving and keeping distance and, uh, using the leg kicks a lot or kicks in general. And whereas Hader, you were, uh, Hader, excuse me, um, looking to keep the pressure on and, and attack with heavy hands and stuff. So that's another part where it was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of exciting, uh, one of the more exciting matches so far, certainly of the, uh, of the season. Um, to that end, though, how did uh, how did the hand feel afterwards? I mean, you were, you're going in there after uh, a hiatus from for a while because of the hand injury, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it looked like it, it seemed like you were implementing a similar style as you know your, your trademark style with the heavy hands there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when it comes to sticking to game plans or sticking what you're best sticking speaking or sticking to whatever you're best mm-hmm. at, um, that just comes from confidence. You know, Nakahara, he's very confident in his abilities. Uh, that's why he's sticking with what he does. You know, I'm very confident in my abilities. That's why no matter where the fight goes, I'm uh, still looking to implement what I do best. Um, but as far as uh, – actually, I kind of forgot what you were saying. <laughs> Just, you know, I mean, especially – Two, two parts here. Um, awesome. You're coming yeah. off of this hand injury, and I'm, I am wondering really, does it make you second guess or, or kind of uh, reconsider – your style and what you're really known for. Are you going to be more careful? I mean, five surgeries on your hand is, is quite a lot, although we certainly didn't see any change in style per se in this match. Um, I assume that it, you came out okay, the hand felt fine afterwards. and that- yeah, yeah, my hand felt great. You know, my problems with my hand just came from, you know, I didn't have any amateur fights. I turned pro right, right off the bat. And that just came from uh, – my hand issues came from bad tape jobs before my fight. Mm. You know, I would have guys that would tape my hands and they taped it more for grappling – more of a grappler's uh, hand hand wrap. Um, and I punch really, really hard. So I so – once, once they even started taping my hands for striking, mm-hmm. uh, I needed more pad, more padding. And, you know – they normally just use a, like a quarter of a roll or half of a roll for guys that punch hard, but I need to use an entire roll just for for a pad, mm. and that was something that they don't normally don't normally ever do. But that was something for me by trial and error. I had to learn because I was like, why am I keep on breaking my hands? So we just we just had to learn. Okay, use more pad. Use more pad. This even more pad this time. So um, for this fight, I, I had a great great. Um, I had my our coach uh, Mikey Rod. He's a uh, one of our boxing coaches at at American Top Team, and he did a phenomenal hand wrap uh, for me. And uh, but I didn't celebrate after I knocked out Naka. I didn't celebrate until I felt my hand and everything was great. And I was like, "Oh, thank you, God! I love you! I love you!" <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, "Okay, thank you. I won." Yeah. But until then, I had to feel the hand first, and it was intact. So I was. Did you not have your own coaches wrapping your hands in those first uh, pro fights? Um, no, I didn't. You know, a lot of times we would go to the, we would go to shows and the show would have their own, 
uh, cut man who would mm. uh, who would do tapes, mm-hmm. uh, who would t- who would rap, and uh, those were my. Actually, the fight that I broke my hand in was when I fought in Strike Force. I fought on the same card with, with Nick Diaz Miami. and uh, Robbie Lawler, and they had a really really bad guy who's actually known. He doesn't have a really good reputation. He's actually known for uh, getting guys breaking their hand. I mean, it was the same that same guy that taped my hands, the same guy that. Uh, Daniel Cormier ended up breaking his hand when he fought Bigfoot. Um, so really, the, really the tape job is is everything. It really matters, uh, uh, especially if you're a heavy-handed. Um, if you're going to have problems, um, but since then, now I know I know how to. I learned how to tape my own hands, uh, just so I wouldn't ever have to run into that situation. If God forbid that ever did happen again. Um, but now, yeah, I mean, if I have to fly someone that I trust that can do a good tape job. And that's what I'm going to do because I can't afford to have any uh, more time delay. No, you uh, can't. Hyder, <laughs> um, how much of the drama between you and Jason Jackson is manufactured or real? Um, so the drama in the house was 100% real. Um, as far as, you know, um, I legitimately whooped, whooped him up, you know, and uh, – you know, so the thing is, this, they're putting a, they're putting a camera in front of Jason's in Jason's face, and they're like, "Hyder knocked you out. What do you feel about that?" So he's gonna say he's not gonna be like, "Yeah, he did whoop my butt." He's gonna he's gonna come. He's gonna think of an excuse um, so he doesn't look bad, and uh, so he's gonna be like, "All right, Hyder held my hair." Um, well, number one, cut your hair. So that doesn't happen, you know, because if he got caught in a guillotine choke, he can't pull his head out head out of a guillotine choke, or if he gets caught in a triangle choke, he can't pull his head out because because of his dreads, you know. So that would that be his excuse then? Oh, you only guillotine me because of my hair, you know. So, um, but the altercation we had in the house was real. Um, but Jason's a very confident guy. Um, he's very confident in his skills, um, and I'm a very very confident guy. I've always once like as soon as I got in this sport, I was always. Oh man, I can't wait till someone talks crap to me. I always, I was always looking forward to that opportunity. But no one ever talked crap to me because they know what I'm capable of. Um, so when, so when Jason, I don't know if you guys watched the Tough Talk episode last night. Oh yeah, we did. Uh, we, we, you know, we went at it again. That's I, once I got to the the Fox Studios and they, I saw Jason there. I'm like, okay, this is what they they want to see another argument, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, for me, I look forward to that. Like I said, I like guys that can challenge me. I like guys that are trying to uh, to talk. But I mean, I, I already I already took care of. It. I already knocked him out. There's not really much he can say except make himself look stupid. And uh, I think he kind of did that, you know. It's, you know, because the fight wasn't even close. I'm actually going to post the fight. I'm waiting for one of my one of my buddies. Uh, he has it. He has it. He has to send it, send it to me by Dropbox. But once he does, I'm just going to put it on there. And I'm just gonna tell him to uh, silence let that us, mouth. I'd love to see a itself. budding rivalry. Like I, I thought, this show is it's it's maybe starting to ramp up a little bit. I like this that you and Jason are are kind of getting into it. I kind of wanted to get into the the, uh, the turnaround real quick. Just a quick question: uh, Would you sure. feel confident fighting? Because I feel like we're gonna start finally seeing guys fighting, you know, multiple fights. So I'd love to know like your feeling as a fighter fighting, you know, twice within that short time period. Yeah, for me, 
you know, especially I've, I've come from injuries, you know, so for me, when you're healthy, I'm a, a huge believer in take advantage of your health. Go out there and fight as many times as possible while you're healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm a fighter that doesn't need to get in shape. I stay in shape. Uh, so I'm always ready to take on an opportunity, you know, anytime uh, my manager calls. And that's how I encourage all fighters to think like that, be like that. Um, because one, it reduces any, it reduces, uh, injury for your future, uh, rather than like having a really train hard and get your body in shape. Once you're out of shape, it's hard. And that's when you can, uh, maximize the percent of you taking an injury. But when you stay in shape, all you have to do is just focus on technique rather than, rather than, you know, the heavy loads. Then, um, then you can, then you can really knock off some consecutive fights and, uh, and, and, uh, and make it happen. And for me, that's my whole mission. My whole mission was to fight as many times as possible um, for this for this show. I looked at this show as my opportunity. So whatever I had to do to solidify my opportunity with the UFC, um, make make as big of a fan base as possible, um, and just show what I am about. Show my fighting skills, my personality. I wanted to do and. Um, so yeah, that was one. That's that was something that I prayed for every day. Was I prayed for to stay healthy so I could fight multiple times? And uh, I don't want to say much because I don't want to get in trouble. But <laughs> I'm gonna smile. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what do we have to look forward to? Any anything you can uh, fill us in on? I'm a killer. You're yes. gonna just bring your bring your popcorn <laughs> and uh, don't look down. No bathroom breaks because you might miss something awesome. All right, I love it. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. We certainly appreciate you joining us tonight. I appreciate you guys talking with me, and I had a good time. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Take, Take care, care and good luck. Good night. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, it was great, great to hear his perspective on it, everything. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and as we've said in the past, as the sport evolves, you'll I suppose you'll always have knuckleheads that just kind of go in there and I'm in a cage, I'm going to knock somebody out and that's that, you know, and, and win the money and, you know. Um, but there's this evolution of these guys where people are realizing because it is such a complex sport, you have to, the whole thing is stay ready don't so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that especially with fighters like Hayter, you know, somebody else uh, actually in the UFC uh, came to mind that I wouldn't be surprised if Presuming Hayter gets in there that uh, they pair him up with that I think would be a, a nice even match. But it's also somebody that comes from that same mentality of, sorry, focused, you know, straightforward on this career path, this thing that you're trying to do. I think MMA in general, when it comes to athletes, we're going to see a lot of them being very serious and committed to their uh, to the sport itself, their discipline. And it's good to see stuff like that. I mean, we need that in general, I think, in life, you know. Especially this far in the competition. I feel like this is not the time to be childish. Like, you need exactly. to be really serious about what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he's a good fighter, and I think he will actually go very far. He well, seems, yeah, he seems pretty confident at this point, so. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to no, cut no. you off. I was just going to say, I mean, that's Dana White in those little, you know, two-second excerpt about uh, Michael Graves, you know, this is what separates people. Mm-hmm. You, do you have your stuff together and are you ready for the opportunity or are you floundering and having too much to drink and yeah. sleeping in and do you missing want to be a freaking fighter? And, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Is this a job for you? Like, is this your life? I wanted to ask you two since you're more knowledgeable than us. When 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 Hyder says stuff like, you know, I'm a, I like to fight real fighters. To me, that sounds like he gets, he's more comfortable with stand-up fighters because he's more powerful and he and he's not as comfortable when someone can take him down to the ground. Well, what I mean, 
he's saying real fighters are only did he is he saying real fighters are only stand up fighters because to me it's the most it's such a wide range of, of Heider, athletes. Can you come back? I know. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> That's what he meant. Well, I, I wanted to figure out because he's saying that Knock is a real fighter, mm-hmm. but does that mean baby a guy like Baby Monster isn't a real fighter? Not no, no. I was I wasn't gonna say much. It was more along the lines of everybody's version of a good fighter is always different. Like in my brain, I'm kind of on that boat of like I like someone who gives me all options of stand up, grappling, back to stand up. It's not just kind of a clincher only up on the cage. Like that's a problem for me. And but I'm not saying they're not a real fighter. I just feel like it's a very boring fight for you to sit there and just be in one position the whole time. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I think also too, especially somebody that I'm, I'm guessing they means one part of it is that the guy has a proven background. Mm-hmm. If you're a world class Kyokushin fighter or, or champion. Um, if you're at that level, clearly you you are a fighter. You've paid your dues and you've gotten that level of recognition. And I don't, I think he is more of a striker than grappler Hyder uh, is. But um, I don't think that uh, I don't think he would be. Uh, so dismissive of the ground game so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's high school wrestler. So yeah, I'd love yeah, to see right. him go up against. Yeah, I hope he fights to... someone like Baby Monster. Like I really want to see him go up against It'll someone who wants fight. to take it to the ground because he has that wrestling background. He says, "I want to use my wrestling to stand back up." Yeah. yeah, he had my attention from the beginning of the fight, and and I'm really looking forward to see him fight again yeah. for sure. Oh heck yeah, absolutely. Well, we have to wrap up, um, but before we do, I want your predictions of UFC 187 this weekend. Alexis, go. Um, I actually don't know who's It's fighting. Vitor yeah. Belfort, Chris, Chris yeah, Weidman, Weidman, and Belfort. Oh, Pick it. Man, Belfort. Jay. No, no, Weidman. Really? Weidman, Cormier, and um, what's the third one I'm blanking? Uh, two Cerrone. Cerrone. And, oh, yeah. um, no, I'm thinking of three title matches on my card in oh. two weeks. Okay. That's the one. But yeah, um, yeah, Cerrone by far, for yeah. sure. I go Weidman, and I'm going Johnson. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cormier's a uh, better talker, but uh, I'm okay. sticking with Anthony. It's that Ooh. clinch game, man. It's that clinch and the mumper cut. Pretty good. <laughs> Shout out to my friend Uriah Hall. Hope he wins his fight as well. Um, it, it's a great card. I'm, I'm stoked for it. Who Absolutely. are you picking? I'm going to go with uh, Weidman I and Cormier. I'm going with Cormier. I, I, know, I have to go with him. He's, my, he's, he's cool. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's, we'll that's how we break it down. Yeah, I know. I've interviewed, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a cool guy. Okay. Thank you all for joining us this week. It was certainly fun chatting with Hyder. And uh, we will see you next week. Where can we find you, Alexis? You can find me where all Alexis Torres are sold at atorres890. You can find me at Club Nokia in just about 10 days. Tickets are available at uofmma.com. Come meet me. I will buy you a beer. Yes. Nice. That's a great deal. That's legit. You can find me on Twitter (laughs) at Gilkerson Radio. You know. Make fun of my lack of knowledge. Oh, it's amazing, <laughs> I Jared. Say that I'm at Suri Serrano on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. Thank you again. See you next week. Bye. Executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 